What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hockey's Tonight. My name is Matthew, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Quinn. Obviously, people know him as the UMass Reindeer, but here at Hockey's Blog, we call him Quinn. But thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast, as he will be my occasional guest co-host throughout the season. But looking forward to chatting with you today, especially since last weekend was a great weekend for college hockey. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It's, it's good to be back in season. Good to be have hockey on our uh, TV screens again and uh, always fun getting to go to the games again. So it's been a blast. Now, when we start off this podcast, we have to talk about the series that you went to. Obviously, UMass Denver, UMass swept the defending national champions um, this past weekend. And obviously, Denver was the number one ranked team at the time. I guess want to ask you, what were your overall thoughts on this series? And before we just dive into different things about just the game itself and the atmosphere, obviously. Yeah. You know, I kind of, I entered this series, like not really expecting uh, to win one game. Never mind two. Um, I thought we looked really sloppy against AIC. I thought this team was young. It was going to take a little time. Uh, the goalie, there was a big goalie question. We didn't know who was going to start this week. Um, so yeah, it was really interesting going into the week. I was really nervous and I was, I was just hoping we like put up a good fight and, Boy, was I wrong, and they they uh, came out the exact opposite way. And that first game was crazy, and I uh, I went crazy during it because it was it was just one of those wacky hockey games that happens. Yeah, what was the story with the ice pack? The ice pack, yeah. So after after we scored our second goal, shorthanded, I'm going nuts, and then it's a. I think I don't know why it's a little hotter in months this year. Uh, I've been noticing and I'm in my full reindeer getup and I'm jumping up and down. I'm like, Oh my God, I need to take a second to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally was just getting lightheaded. I'm like, ah, I need an ice pack. I tweeted that out. Not really expecting anyone to come get it to come bring me an ice pack. And someone, a firefighter came over and handed me one. So nice, which definitely nice. helped. So it was that is it. cool. That is cool. I feel like it's partly because it's the beginning of the year. So it's still a little bit warmer outside, but once it's January, definitely. I don't think uh, it'll, the heat will be too much of a factor. Yeah. I will not have the same complaint for sure. Now, the big thing that I took away from this series was, the goaltending, honestly, from UMass, because Pavisic seems like he's starting to be the next guy for UMass. And I thought that was interesting to me because, you know, UMass brought in Cole Brady. And I thought the whole reason why he was brought in was so they can have some competition in net. But to be honest, early on in the season, it seems like Pavisic is starting to become the guy. Uh, from a UMass fan's perspective, what's your thoughts on just the whole goaltending situation? Because I know one of the bright spots in the game against AIC was how good Pavisic played. Yeah, he's. I I was a little worried um, after the scrimmage against um, Sacred Heart. Um, he didn't play that great in that that scrimmage, but um, the the games he started so far, he's been absolutely amazing. He kept us in that AIC game for a lot of that third period. Um, he made a lot of key stops in that one, and then uh, this weekend against Denver, that's a team that dominated us in the shot category for a lot of the the weekend especially in that first game and he just came up huge time in and time out um he made a lot of big saves and the the student section was right behind him and giving him a lot of support um i i even made his met his dad in the concourse who who, who thanked me for the support so that was pretty <laughs> cool um but yeah it seems like hopefully we have a goaltender for the future which uh i don't think a lot of umass fans saw coming um like there was talks of even like our third string getting getting some reps this year because you just didn't know how shaky it was going to be. Um, but it appears we 
we got a guy. We got our guy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not Brady gets any starts or even Graham, the third string, uh, gets any ice time um, in these next few games. I, I would be interested to see Union because I think that's a team we're probably better than. Um, so I'd be interested to see if Cole Brady maybe gets gets a chance to to show what he's made of. Imagine he transferred to UMass just so he can get more starts than Arizona State, and then he literally doesn't start at all. Uh, this yeah, season. I do that feel would be bad. pretty crazy. I do feel bad for him. Um, I'm sure he'll. I'm sure Pav will definitely get tired um, at some point. And then Carve always likes like the moment a goalie lets in three. I think his rule is, and then he changes. Um, and obviously, Pav, Pav might do not do that for the rest of the year, but that's unlikely. Um, so I think Brady will definitely see. Um, the ice at some point this year but who knows now i do have a question because watching some of the stream why was some of the stream like from an aerial cam that bothered me a little bit and that, i was just I, like I, I i had to ask you since you probably know people um in the athletic department that does that stuff yeah it was interesting um i've never seen that done before at mullins um obviously i i'm at the game so like i didn't notice till i was watching like the replays afterwards so they uh, t- tell me more about it were they doing it like just when it was in the zone or like did they it was just occasionally just throughout the game but obviously like one of the goals that was scored in the game was when they're at that sort of camera angle and i don't know i just felt like because i was watching the replay too because obviously i was at the yukon game this past weekend but i just i i like it but i also feel like in my opinion is i want to see it like the normal cam camera angle and then you can like show the replay with the other ones it's like when espn did that weird sort of you know when they were like yeah i know maybe just yeah. what, what i'm used to but i don't know i just found it interesting maybe it was broken or something like that but it was weird watching it from that way i think it's an espn thing um that they want like different camera angles or something like that something high up there because I, I don't think I've ever noticed them doing that on Nesson. And then uh, the, I think that was our first ESPN game. Um, yeah. I think it was on ESPN Plus or something. Yeah. Um, so I, that would be my guess is like ESPN was like, hey, we want different camera angles of models. Oh, no, they haven't done it for any of the other hockey. Yeah, teams, I don't know. So that's so why I think maybe I'm making something up, but uh, I have no idea. So. Now, getting back to the game a little bit, I think one thing that impressed me about this game from a UMass standpoint was how you guys capitalized on your opportunities. Like, just think about Friday night. You guys have that five-minute major that you have to kill off, and then Kenny Connors gets that weird goal that bounces off his body. And I feel like once that goal happened, they kind of took the momentum to Denver a little bit. And even though they were being outshot and the three shots that UMass did have were goals, I feel like UMass sort of found a way to control that game, even being despite being outshot. Yeah, I mean, the UMass I think had 21 penalty minutes, so they were basically on the power on the penalty kill for a third of that game, um, which is crazy. And to start out that game with the with the Cal five minute major, that had me. I was like, all right, Denver's just score like four here, and we're gonna <laughs> we're to be miserable. I thought we needed all the help we can get, and then just odd man rushes, and we we found a way to put a stick on a puck and get some breaks, and then. You know, I think we had, I think Carve did say it, but I think I thought we had a lot of puck luck this weekend. Um, that second game, the first, uh, the first goal, I think it was the Scotty Moore goal. Um, he just like banked it off the backboards, ricocheted behind the goalie and back into the net, which doesn't happen often. And that's just a sheer luck in most cases. But um, I think UMass got a little lucky at times, but they definitely put themselves um, in places to score and, Kenny Connors finding that first one was a huge relief because you 
we're thinking for the best case scenario that you kill the penalty and zero zero and now you're in a whole new ball game where it's one oh and then making it two oh was just insane. <laughs> yeah, I thought Magnus Corona had a terrible weekend as well. And I think he's a really good goalie. Like he was a big reason why Denver won the national championship last year. He really kept them in that game because people forget, even though the score was five to one, it was one nothing Minnesota State throughout the first two periods. And he made some key saves to really keep Denver in that game and then let the floodgates open a little bit in the third period. And I just I don't know, something something seemed off with him. Maybe he was hurt, maybe because you were behind him, tripping his ear a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I don't know. His head. <laughs> I mean, Jeremy Swayman famously let off eight in a weekend against UMass. Uh, Levi tends to struggle at UMass. I yeah. think something about being in Mullins, goalies don't like it. So <laughs> yeah, what can it's I say? the reindeer guess, in, your, in their ear a little bit. That's I guess that's I'm guess. doing my job. I guess I'm doing my job well. <laughs> I did text you this, though. I'm like, the one kryptonite that you have is UConn, former UConn goalie Darian Hansen. He always owned UMass. Did, Even though he did give uh, him the overtime great. goal, I will give that. But he was a beast at Mullins. And so it's, yeah, it's not a huge deal as a that UConn fan too. that our one of our former goalies is your kryptonite. Yeah, the, the, the I will say he did have a number for a lot of that game. And then that that hockey championship goal was like I don't even know how he would have it hit that. off a player. So it really yeah. wasn't like a something he could have saved anyway. But I'm not gonna talk about the hockey championship <laughs> game. I, I really don't want to oh, I'd love to talk about it. <laughs> so I also have to ask you about the line updates because that made me laugh just looking through that because like I was like getting ready to go to the game this weekend and I just see like you're already there at the line and I'm like oh my gosh and like just I came home from the game after and I like was just checking through it and it was one of the funniest things ever so talk a little bit about that because that's yeah, pretty I, crazy how I, crazy you are into it. Yeah, I like getting there early. I like being the first one in line. I have to get my seat right behind the goal. And those are always the ones that like the seats that everyone fights for. It's right in the middle of the student section. So I have to get there early to get my preferred seat. And then uh, I like giving the line updates because I, I think I get about everyone knows every one of my friends that's into hockey knows that I get there early and they're like, what's the line like? What's the line like? And they're yeah. all texting me on the side instead of responding to eight people. I'm like, you know what? We're just going to let everyone know what the line looks like right now so absolutely started posting the updates and they're they're pretty good is it going to be a week is it going to be a weekly thing or was it just for that game since it was a big one i'll try to i'll try to do it for big games but like i don't think union's gonna have that big of a line so yeah i'm gonna be that worried about it but when we play like bc and northeastern and yukon strolls into town (laughs) (laughs) i'll be there obviously so but no that was definitely a great game nonetheless and how did um? What was your thoughts on just Afka and Morrow? Because you were telling me like how that was sort of the big returners for UMass, and they were going to be a key part of their success. And I thought both of them played fun, very well against ASC. And I I, didn't, I honestly didn't notice too much of Afko this past weekend, but I thought Morrow played well um against in Denver this past weekend. Yeah, it kind of feels like Morrow's going to get all the uh all like the accolades and everything, and all the spotlights going to be on him because obviously he puts the puck in the back of the net and he makes a lot of amazing plays. But Ufko is just such a strong player defensively. I, don't, I I can maybe count on the times on my hands that I've seen Ufko get beat by the by a offensive player. And there were a lot of skilled, fast Denver uh, players. And I they, I remember being like, oh, they are zooming through our zone. I wonder how we're keeping them out of like that that middle slot area. And Ufko's stick was just all over the place. He broke up a lot of passes. He was huge on the penalty kill. So I, I think while Ufko didn't really show up on the stat sheet, he made a lot of a lot of plays that uh, helped them help UMass this weekend. 
And then who's like the biggest, like and most impressive newcomer in your opinion? In my opinion, I think it's the Providence transfer, Matt Koopman. I've really liked his game a lot and he had a big goal on Saturday as well. Probably the most impressive goal of the weekend from UMass. And I just really think he's kind of a power forward and he really fits that Carvel system. And he's starting to remind me a little bit of Jacob Pritchard from a couple of years ago. And then maybe like a poor man's Carson Gisevich a little bit. And I really like his game a lot. I was just about to say he does have like he does have those uh, moments where he just kind of gets to the area and then finds the puck and he always he's always looking to put it on net and that's what I think the second goal on Friday or on Saturday rather um, the goal he just wasn't even ready and Koopman just found it on a stick and immediately flung it towards the net so it's that kind of like opportunistic goal scoring looking that Carville loves um, so he fits right into that system uh, and he he played had a great weekend I think. Um, I want to give huge props to that freshman line. They played awesome, especially on a Friday night where they, I felt like they were in the ice more than the first line since Cal went down and that line cut kind of all messed up. Um, so that freshman line was out there a ton and they, man, the day delivered, they played like uh, they were on fire and uh, they, they got a lot of scoring opportunities. Um, so I thought Kenny Connors particularly had a, had a really good weekend. Now you guys have Union next weekend. What do you know about that team? Obviously, UConn played them a couple of weeks ago, so I saw them then. And I think they're a better team than people give them credit credit for. They have a new head coach, and they're definitely one of those teams that they're kind of a they're a never give up team. Like they're they're not gonna rely on their talent level. It's more of just like working hard, physicality, and kind of bringing the game to their level. And I honestly feel like this is a perfect series for UMass because it seems like a series that they can kind of like skip over after the big weekend against Denver. And I think it's a good opportunity for Union to kind of step in there and potentially get a big win. But I feel like this is a perfect game for Carville in that sense where, you know, he's going to, I don't think this is the most talented UMass team that they've had in the past five years. So I feel like this could be a series that works well for them. In my opinion, I ultimately, I think UMass does get the sweep, but I'm really interested to see how, how Union plays against UMass and like how Carville works it out. I think it's going to be very interesting to see. I do have a theory for this team. I don't, I hope it won't ring true, but I do think we're going to play really good against like the good competition in the league um, and against high competition. Um, when we're able to get fired up for a game, I think these guys come out with a lot of energy and they're hard to beat when they play like that. But I don't know how they're going to get up for a game against Union. Um, I don't want to like, make one weekend the entire season um exactly so that the like while well, i'm stoked we beat denver that was awesome um you still we gotta have like be, four months left so you can't like dwell we gotta that. sustain that success like i remember a week ago when we struggled against aic and aic lost to holy cross this weekend so anything can happen in college hockey um and you have to come out with a lot of energy every night um and you have to be ready for teams like union because the you just like they said they're not going to give up they're not going to roll over um, we saw that a lot last year. I think LIU gave us a little bit more of a fight than we were expecting. Maine beat us, knocked us off last year. So um, I do think Carvel teams maybe a little bit um, are, are tend to fall for that kind of letdown game uh, the next weekend. But um, hopefully not. Hopefully the boys come out jumping and they carry the momentum. But uh, we'll, we'll see. I think we, we're still a young team. I, I hope they uh, learn a lot from this weekend. Yeah, and obviously players to look out from Union are – their goaltender, he was hurt last time against UConn. He didn't play on the Saturday game, but I don't know if he's going to be back. Connor Murphy, he played for Northeastern a couple of years ago when Devin Levi was hurt. So he's definitely someone to look out for. And then obviously Chris Theodore, he's an AIC transfer. And Nate Hanley, those were two players that really stood out to me 
uh, from Union, but they have a very young team and they're sort of like a very gritty team. But I think if UMass can play their game, I think this is a series that they should be able to win two games in. Definitely, yeah. Right, now, let's talk, now let's talk about the other series that I want to really highlight was the UConn versus Ohio State series. Obviously, I talked a lot more in depth about it on the UConn Hockey Podcast. So if you want to go check that out, go check that out. But it is a solo pod, so sometimes I get a little bit rambly and sometimes get my words messed up. So I, it might be it sound actually a lot better on this one since I will never do a solo podcast for this one. But look, it was a pr- very good series win. Obviously, the UConn had their struggles um, in this series, but I was just curious if you had the chance to watch any of it and if you had any thoughts about it. I watched some of the clips. You guys look look very good. Um, goaltending has it seems like it's been awesome for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I remember talking to someone on Twitter about your goaltending situation. I was like, okay, there UConn might be scary again. I think you guys are getting a little snubbed in rankings too. A lot yeah, of what was Bucciagras smoking? Like, how does he not Bucci have UConn not even top sixteen? That's crazy. That's <laughs> insane. He, he included you guys last week, and then you guys tied and beat Ohio State, who's also good. And yeah, didn't move up at all. So that was a little crazy. He's getting too I, filled in with the NHL stuff. He should like sort of stick a step back from college hockey. If that's yeah, the he's, he's getting he's getting mixed up. He doesn't have time to watch all the college games. So, um, but you guys looked really good this weekend. I thought the second game against Ohio State. I'm like, that's that. That's I remember looking at that scoreline, being like, holy, they. They yeah. answered that question whether they're better than that team. So um, that that was a big win for you guys, and obviously get to get to lose in regulation. Um, because did you guys lose to Ohio State in the shootout? Yeah, that? technically we did, yeah. but it doesn't count. So I don't like know why we're doing shootout. that. I, I think it's why because they want to practice for in conference when shootouts mean like you can get an extra hockey use point. So I guess it's like sort of trying to prepare them for that, but. I don't know. I th- really don't think a shoot. I don't really think you need to prepare for a shoot. I think it just yeah. happens when you need to. Yeah, I mean, I don't really get the whole preparedness needing. I don't even really get why we do shootouts in general. Like, I think it's just the end of overtime. It's just end of the tie. It's the mm-hmm. regular season. It doesn't really make much sense to me. But um, so yeah. I've, but uh, I did see your the overtime. The overtime play was probably like the the one I saw the most of from UConn because that was that was a crazy play. And that's just that's just college hockey being crazy is the, yeah. the defender getting a little glove on it to prevent the, the last second goal. Yeah, no, I thought the goaltending was the biggest story on Friday night. I think a stat that I highlighted was Logan Turnus in his first two games of the season made 32 saves in both those games. And then on Friday night alone, he made 43 saves. So my biggest question for him was really like, uh, can you rely upon him on a big game and can he steal you a period and such since the first two games he played, he really wasn't that relied upon. And he answered that question very quickly. And I also thought Sergey played well as well. Their other goalie, even though his game wasn't as didn't really stand out as much as Turnus's did. I thought he made some key saves to keep UConn in it because Ohio state could have made that a one goal game or tied the game in the first and second period. And he really hanged in there and made some key saves to sort of keep UConn in it and then let the floodgates open in the third period. And I, I think the biggest thing that I took away from it, to be honest with you, was sort of the depth scoring that this team has. I think a big reason for the success that UConn had last year was the secondary scoring that they got from other lines. And my biggest worry for this team was you can't rely on Ryan Torberg and Matthew Wood to be your goal scorers. You need players on other lines to kind of step up. And you saw that last week with Chase Bradley's line. And I feel like you saw that this weekend with Ty Monty, who scored two goals. He reminds me a lot of Gusevich in the sense where he's always in the right place in the right time. And those are the two goals that he scored was sort of just 
bearing those rebounds and being in the right position. So, and it's good to see that Matthew Wood's starting to find some confidence. I think he's one of the best freshmen in hockey so far, and I've really liked his game. And Dwarfberg hasn't really slowed down at all since last year. And I think the goaltending is great. And I did something new for a UConn team to see two goalies kind of split time. I feel like UMass fans are probably used to it with Lindbergh and Murray, but for us UConn's fans, this is like the first time we're seeing like a goalie on Friday night and then another goalie on Saturday. So I think that's sort of the big thing that I'm trying to get adjusted, but it's more of just who might be the starting goalie when big games come around towards the end of the stretch of the season. And then obviously when playoff time comes around, because obviously UMass ended up going with Lindbergh, who will UConn go with at that time? But obviously that's still a few months away. So it's not something I'm trying to think about too much. It's a nice problem to have too. Two options is always better than one. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, and I think Turnus was a good option last year. It was just, he got hurt in the beginning of the year in practice and then Hanson played so well, you kind of just didn't need to go away from him. So I think Turnus would have had some more starts last year if he didn't get hurt towards the beginning of the year. But overall, was, I thought it was a great game though. It was really exciting to see. And to beat a big 10 opponent like that, who's given you some problems over the past few years, I think is a good sign for this team to come. But obviously they have a big series next weekend or this weekend against Boston University who's the number ninth team in the country. It's two games in the road. So I'm interested to see how they respond in that series. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what, which BU team shows up there too. Cause I think they, mm-hmm. they got killed nine two one night and then came back and one three, two the next. So you, you never know what you're going to get from them. Um, definitely their goaltending situation is interesting too. So what's so is so what's going on with that? Cause I just assumed Kamezo was going to get the two starts this weekend. Is That's he right. Uh, so I assume too, I, I don't know if he got hurt or I probably got pulled after that night one. Um, I wasn't paying too, too close attention. Cause I know he no. didn't start the second game of the series. Yeah. I would imagine letting in nine goals <laughs> are, is probably coaches being like, Hey, maybe that's not your net. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's like the, I honestly feel like Comezzo is one of the better goalies in hockey. East. It's just I thought he was so too. good that like, he sort of gets overshadowed from that point of view of it. Yeah, I mean Levi's a stud, so what can you do there? He's he's really good. <laughs> yeah, but I I so I guess this sort of ties in well since UConn is playing Michigan or BU next this weekend, and you BU did play Michigan first game they lost nine to two, and then the second game obviously they won. I think it was three to two. I think the biggest thing that impressed me about this BU team is how their freshmen have really stepped up in key roles, like. Lane Hudson, Ryan Green, just to name a few, and then Devin Kaplan. But you also are getting production from some of your older players like Fensori and Matt Brown. And I think that's a big thing for this BU team because I feel like last year they, um, their younger players really weren't involved as they should have been, in my opinion. I think that was why, because it led to inconsistency issues for the team. Yeah, it took a while to get them going. Um, BU last year, like they they were pretty low in the rankings. Uh, they lost a lot of games early in the year, and then they kind of did turn it on once hockey's conference play started and that talent really showed and they're a talented group um they're gonna be hard to break that da- to take down um and yeah it's gonna be that'll be a really really good series between them and UConn I think if from a UConn fans perspective I'm hoping just to get a split out of this series I think that would be ideal but obviously that's what UMass fans were hoping for last weekend and it might just sweep. sweep so who knows but I will be at Aganis for one of those games so I'm looking forward to that especially since I think it's one of the nicer arenas in hockey. So that is a it should be rink, fun. Yeah. Now let's kind of dive into some of the other series to kind of wrap things up on yesterday. Merrimack uh, destroyed UNH. I think it was six to one. 
And one thing I do want to address since this is a hockey's podcast is I wanted to send my condolences to Josh Siako and his family. Uh, he was a former UNH player and he was Merrimack's associate coach. And he unfortunately passed away, uh, unexpectedly passed away a few weeks ago. So obviously hockey's blog and myself and everyone else is uh, sending their condolences to his family. That's just terrible news and something you don't want to see. And it was nice to see them wear his name on their back of their jerseys for that game. That was pretty cool to see, but Getting back into the game a little bit, I thought Merrimack looks very good. Uh, definitely seems like they haven't really missed a beat since last year offensively. And my biggest question mark with the team was how is their defense and goaltending situation going to be like since they lost some key players in defense? And will Hugo Olas sort of be that new starting goalie for this team? And they kind of answered this question. I think they, you know, they split last weekend in two road series and then coming out kind of getting a statement win against UNH, a team that swept those same teams in that same weekend, I think shows that Merrimack could be I don't know if they're they're one of the upper tier teams in hockey East yet, but they have the potential to be one of those teams. Uh, I think Merrimack's a team that can on any given night can beat anybody because they they're just they're a scrappy team, and then especially at Lawler, like that that place was that place was rocking. It was packed. Uh, I know it's not a big capacity, but when it's there, it gets loud. So um, I I noticed that I saw a bunch of uh, a couple of videos of some huge lines at Merrimack, which was pretty cool. So. Definitely, definitely cool for them, and definitely see cool to see them building a culture there. And uh, yeah, they're they're they surprised a lot of people last year, and I think they could surprise a lot of people this year. Yeah, and I think Capone's was one of the guys that stood out to me in the game. I think he had like three points, and you know he wasn't playing every game. It felt like last year for Merrimack, but now he's starting to become one of those top line players, and he has potential apparently to be drafted this year since he's his final year of his eligibility. So, and I think with those top transfers that they added that forward group is going to be really deadly for this Warriors team yeah they're a tough team to play they're going to be they're going to be a hard match so and then Northeastern tied with Boston College yesterday as well um not really much to take away from this game since it was a non-conference game I don't know why Northeastern is playing BC in a non-conference game um it was it was a scheduling thing with North Northeastern had a had someone drop I think from Colorado I'm not sure which team though I, don't I, don't know. I feel bad. Their, their schedule is so weird because they have they, they play a ton of hockey East games to start off the season, and then in the middle of the year they play all these non-conference games. Yeah, that is a bizarre schedule for Northeastern. I feel like I've only seen them play hockey East teams so far. So, and then this one's non-conference, which is also weird on a Tuesday. Also yeah. weird, like it's just a whole lot of weird thrown into a hockey game. And I think they have like a ton of road games towards the end of the season as well. So they do. I don't know if I was a Northeastern fan, we sort of ticked off with the schedule, especially since this is supposed to be their best team yet for the past in the past last five years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> I think this Northeastern team, though, does look good. I think it's interesting to see because I feel like there's been other hockey teams that have looked better than them so far this season, even though sort of like Northeastern was the pick to win this conference. But um, I don't know. I think they've looked fine. I think once they start playing, I guess, not Vermont um, in Hockey East, and then obviously I'm trying to think, yeah, when they're not playing Vermont or LIU to start off the year, I'm kind of interested to see how they do against this competition. You think you saw a little bit against BC that they are capable, but honestly, it's just I feel like it's hard to sort of evaluate a non-conference Tuesday night game. Yeah, definitely. I, I always like the Northeastern question I always uh, always pose is, is, are they good or are they great? And I've never seen them great. I've always seen them where they're a pretty solid team. They do a lot of things well. Um, they can score. Dev, Devin Lima is a beast. Yeah. But um, they can't seem to really get over that hump. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if this team can do it because they certainly are talented enough. 
Yeah, and I think the big thing with me for Northeastern is can they win the big game? Sort of like what you mentioned with can they get over the hump? Because it feels like like last year, for example, UConn game, they were sort of awful in my opinion. I didn't think they played that well. And then they lost that game. And then they played very well actually against Western Michigan in the tournament game, but a fluke eagle kind of ended their season on that note. And I just feel like once Northeastern sort sort of gets over the hump and wins that big game, that isn't a bean pot, because I'm not going to count that, like a hockey championship game or a tournament game like this with this core, not with obviously they won it in 2019. So I don't want to discredit that, but I'm talking about from 2020 on, can they win that big game with this core that they have, that they've built very well. I think that's going to be kind of the big question for this Northeastern team this year. Can they do that? And they're capable of doing it, like you said, but will they do it is kind of the big question. Yeah. I mean, they, it's, it's a school that hasn't won a, hasn't won an NCAA tournament game and they've been there a lot. So it'll be interesting to see if they can, they could finally do it this year. I think they do could do it this year. I think gonna... so too. I think so too. Then from BC perspective, it seems like this is more of a rebuilding year for them. Obviously, they lost to Quinnipiac for nothing, but and I think they barely beat UNH as well. But obviously, I think the one thing that stands out to me, which could be an X factor for this BC team, is how good Cutter Gautier has looked. He scored a nice goal yesterday, and he's looked he looked pretty good against Holy Cross in the exhibition game. And I've, re- I've really liked his play so far. I think he's looking like one of the top freshmen in this conference. And I think it's going to be exciting to see what he does with this BC team. And obviously we saw how good McLaughlin and McBain were and how they sort of helped BC tread water um, when they weren't doing so hot once they came back. And I think OTA has the potential to do that for this BC team against better competition as well. Because I think BC is good enough to beat some lower te- tier teams in college hockey. But can they do it against, you know, a team like Northeastern and, Gautier is going to be the X factor, and obviously they're going to have to rely on their um, veteran defense. And then obviously is Mitch Benson the guy is really their big question in that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big tie for them. I think that's uh, a good result for the, for that young team, um, especially with how talented they are. Um, I think they could be a lot like BU was last year, and they really kind of pick it up during the second half of uh, Hockey East play. So they're going to be a dangerous team. They're going to be a team not a lot of people want to play late in the year. Um, so yeah, but I, I do think they're they're going to see some struggles this year. But um, I think they're they're set up for success next year. I hope not though. I hope they don't <laughs> fail. I think I like the BC UMass rivalry though. It, it's fun. It is fun. It's a great time. Now I do want to ask you one more team. We do want to talk about is your buddies up in Lowell, the your brothers as I like to call it from UMass. But they split against Michigan State. They I think they split against Miami as well to kick off their non conference season. Um, they look like I think honestly, Lowell is gonna is has looked much better than the record indicates. Obviously, they seem like a 500 team, but I still think they can be ranked. And Norm Basin and his teams are obviously very consistent, hardworking teams, and they find a way to win games, which I think is what impresses me the most about Lowell. And I don't know, I I, I feel like if my big takeaway from those two series, if you're a Lowell fan, is don't need to panic. They're still a really good team. They have a good goalie, and they always seem to figure it out towards the middle of the season. Yeah, Lowell's a team that take, takes a little bit to get going, I think. Um, but they're definitely a team that's going to be dangerous in hockey. East. They're all you always hate to play at Lowell. It's a that's a crazy place to play. Um, they got a lot of passionate fans. They're they're pretty big, um, as you know, <laughs> as I know, as I very well know. Um, so it's always painful playing Lowell. It won't be easy this year. Um, so yeah, but I, I do I agree with you. Not time to hit the panic button with your Lowell. Those are two 
I think the Miami Ohio split was a little concerning, but I think splitting against Michigan State is perfectly reasonable. So yeah, especially since that was a road series as well. So yeah, that's kind of my definitely. opinion on it. But I don't know. I feel like every team's due for a bad loss here and there, so it's not something that I try to worry too much about, especially towards the beginning of the season. Yeah, a lot of teams are trying to figure stuff out. A lot of new guys. So now I'll just go over the the, the series that are going on this weekend uh, for Hockey East. Uh, basically, UConn is playing at BU. Union is playing at UMass. Colgate is heading over to Merrimack. And then Army is playing against UNH in Durham. And then trying to think on Saturday, uh, as I'm going through it, Quinnipiac visits visits Maine and then Holy Cross visits Vermont. So, And then PC is playing Denver this weekend as well. So Denver has a chance to sort of get back at a hockey opponent on the road. But obviously I think the Friars look good so far. They've played very well their past few games and I think getting a win against Northeastern last weekend was huge for that team and I kind of hope honestly I know peace as a hockey fan I root for the hockey teams in non-conference playing so I hope the Friars do well in that series against Denver and I think they are definitely capable of doing it but obviously since that's on the road it's gonna be very challenging but they did beat them last year so I'm not gonna try to take too much obviously you don't want to take too much from last year but they did find a way to win that game last year against the team that did win the national championship yeah uh I think Denver is definitely going to come into that series with a lot of fire they want to beat not only a a win on the east yet because they haven't uh got one on this road trip for them no that's um, uh the game's at denver oh it's at denver Denver, yeah me. um but they they do want to beat a hockey east team because they haven't done that um they struggle against east teams early in the season i think we went to denver and got a split uh, a couple years ago um so th- that'll be an interesting series um i don't know who i want to win that series because I, I want PC right. to win. I want the hockey's teams. I'm always rooting for hockey teams. Yeah, I but Denver, I know everyone gets so upset over that. My, but like, our pair technically, gets it, helped it helps other hockey's teams win. Other hockey's teams win. That is true. So that's why I always root for it, no matter what. That's true. So um, it'll it'll definitely be beneficial if they win. But um, I think they they've been looking good this year. It looks like another PC team that's difficult to play i mean i think their hockey uh, east is looking very good this year it's like six teams that could make it to the garden it's so hard yeah. to tell i think providence is one of those teams i'm very interested to see how it all plays out through the season i feel like there's gonna be some teams that like aren't as good as they might seem now i feel like they might start to sort of show their colors a little bit towards the middle of the season we might have an idea who those five teams might be that could get to the garden but right now it seems very wide open definitely well, do you have any words uh, you want to say, Reindeer, before we kind of end this thing off? But I thought it was a pretty good, sol- solid podcast uh, for your first time on here. As the yeah, I, I love doing it. I'm I'm glad we're doing the blog. It's it's been a lot of fun. It's been a chaotic start to the year so far. I got a ton of stuff on my plate, but um, it's been a blast doing it, and I, I love doing the pod. And uh, I think UMass is back. We're looking good. <laughs> I think hockey in general is back. Oh, there. we're hockey supremacy, like you tweeted out. That's, that's this so is the good. best conference in the nation so far. I don't care if this makes me sound biased or not. Yeah, I, w- I I would love if any of our teams. I do. You, does any hockey team play uh, Minnesota? Love to knock them off. There. I have no clue, spot, honestly. But I don't think so. I don't think anyone. I don't know. Minnesota is scared of hockey's teams. Frankly, I never see they them play are. anything. But they did beat UMass last year, so I guess I can't really. Uh... Ah, we don't. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> just letting you know, Minnesota, Massachusetts is the state of hockey, not Minnesota. Oh yeah. So that's going to be not going to get any heat for for that one. <laughs> So, but we'll see. I, I think it's definitely a debate. Let's just put it that way. There People always just assume that's Minnesota. I'm like, honestly, Mass produces a lot of good hockey players and we have a good college hockey scene. So that is true. So, but 
And then obviously AFC improve your parking because that was the funniest part about your blog from <laughs> last weekend. That and sucks. then if anyone's interested in writing for the blog, please reach out to Quinn because Very we true. don't have writers for certain teams. And I don't want people from other fa- fans from other teams to feel like we're not covering them. It's more the fact that we only have like three writers that have been writing for three teams. So always want your team writers. to be covered. Maybe a, reach out to Quinn and he can give you a, a way to write for the website. That's all, yeah. I'm, all I'm saying. You don't need to be like a a formal journalist or anything too. We just want people that are passionate about their schools and their hockey teams and uh, to just want to write about them and want to cover them. Yeah, because I just don't want to see Providence, UConn, and UMass blogs because that's basically what it's been the past few weeks. So I'm yeah. I'm trying to promote it as much as we as I can. But if you are interested, if you're a UNH fan, if you're a Vermont fan, Maine fan, we want to see you guys. Come on. We know you're there. Reach out to Quinn and write for the blog. So that's my the way I want to end off the podcast. It's a good pitch. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, make sure you follow our social media pages as we update, have all updates on the website and all that other fun stuff. And we have an Instagram page as well. So make sure you follow that for updates as on the conference and just on this podcast. But thank you so much for listening, everyone. I had a great time talking to Quinn and yeah, I, nothing else for me to say. If you have one more thing to say before I end this thing, feel free. Nothing. Let's go. Awesome. Talk to me, it's what I want the most in my life They say you're out of my league, but I don't give a damn No, deep down, I know you want it You wanna take a leap and jump in, uh, uh, uh-oh You wanna fall in love, you